The Traveler's Guide to Life, Tips for Fulfilling Life Now and Until the End of the Journey. Season 2, Learning to Drive Again. Episode 6, Part 2, Dead Battery, What You Need to Know About Funerals. We're here today with Chad Green, Funeral Director for Donaldson Funeral Home in Messina and Donaldson Seymour Funeral Home in Potsdam. Welcome, Chad, to the podcast. Good morning. Um, so we're here today to talk about funeral, funeral planning. Um, and I guess the first question that um, I want to ask is, um, do we have to be embalmed? Uh, in New York State, you do not have to be embalmed. Uh, there's no law with embalming. Mm-hmm. It's generally a funeral home requirement if there's going to be any public visitation or viewing of your body. Okay. And that's mainly for sanitation and preservation. Right. Um, that, 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 that's the main purpose of the embalming process. Right. Um, because, you know, the... And if you were gonna, if your decision was to be cremated, do you have to be embalmed for that? Not unless you're going to be viewed publicly okay. prior. So I'm, you know, so I want calling hours and um, or awake, and I want um, that viewing before I'm embalmed. Mm-hmm. Do I have to buy a casket for that? You do not. Um, some funeral homes offer a rental casket, mm-hmm. uh, which can be used for the ceremony, visitation, funeral. And then the the inside of the casket is an is a cremation container, and, oh, the, and that's removed. That. That's taken out of the cat. The body's taken out of the, that in that cremation container, right. and that's what you're cremated in. So the outside is the same. It's just a brand new inside. Sure. Um, um, and the one that you have in Potsdam is it's very nice. It's like yes. wow. Yeah. Most people yeah. would not know. No. 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 no would no. not know that that's wow. a a rental. Uh, and then with cremation too, um, because we have a couple of places here in the county um, that there's also a, um, a fee to transport them. Yes, okay. yes, there, we do have a, a the the cre- we do have a local crematory mm-hmm. in the county in mm-hmm. Ogdensburg, um, and then the the fees involved are part of the fees from the funeral home, right. which they, they they charge you know to take into the care, make arrangements, get all our necessary documentation, as well as the transportation to the crematory. And if that one is... You can't... Some people say, well, I can just bring them there, right? No. No. no, You have to have a funeral home. That's the the follow-through. Right. Much like if we have a burial, we have to stay until the casket's in the ground and the vault is, you know, uncovered. Right. Um, With the cremation, we have to take the deceased to the crematory. That ends our role of responsibility is at the crematory. Oh, okay. Um, once they're at the crematory, our job is pretty much completed at that point. You know, we've oh. observed the disposition. The cremation may not occur when we get there. Right. But they're now under their care. Does, um, is it possible for families if they wanted to, could they go there and... Some crematories have that option, and okay. Ogdensburg is one of those crematories. Okay. Uh, some religious customs in the uh, Muslim faith, mm-hmm. and um, they they want it's part of the process 
that the eldest son is one that starts the cremation process. Oh, wow. even in their in their home countries, that's part of the process. Right. So they have a they call it a viewing room, and you see the machine where the cremation is done, and the and their loved one is on the entry to the machine. Mm-hmm. There's a, a like a a table, mm-hmm. and then then the the body goes into the retort, which is the cremation process machine mm-hmm. and the actual the operator tells the person you know the when they can push the button to start the actual oh, wow. and it's a nice little room there's some chairs in there yeah. they can see that done they some they light a little candle so it's part of the process right. and yeah do a ritual yes yeah. a ritual yeah. yeah and then some will go outside after it started to kind of see the oh the ashes the, not yeah. the, so or much the, the ashes but the the heat exhaust coming yeah. out of the machine and that crematory will also allow you to come back once it's done and pick up the ashes. Right. The family, okay. you know, can stop back and, you know, after the three, four hour process. Right. Yeah. Um, so we did talk about that appoint, um, that New York State law that you can appoint mm-hmm. an agent f- um, to control dis- um, disposition of remains. Right. And right. you can find that form on, online. Online. Yeah. It, it's an agent of disposition form. And in that form, as you appoint somebody, could be, they suggested even go as far as a spouse, which normally a spouse could do it. Right. Um, but sometimes we have, we're not, today's family circle is not what it used to be. Right. Um, not everybody gets along. So right. Johnny could be saying, well, dad told me this. And Sarah could be saying, dad told me that. And they're two different plans. Right. So the person for whom the funeral arrangements would make can make this fill out this agent of disposition form and be very specific as to what I want, what they want, right. and then they appoint somebody to carry out those wishes. And it can be the neighbor, it can be the spouse, it can be a son. Right. We have to follow those. If it's signed and witnessed and all of that, okay. we have to follow those instructions. And do they keep this form with their funeral home? The funeral home should okay. have it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it asks if you made arrangements with a funeral home, right. especially if they're pre-funded. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you appoint and a successor too. So it's in the event. That right. Right. That, so it really kind of makes the whole um, process cleaner that right. you have this designated mm-hmm. person because right. everyone wants to contribute right. to what should be done. Right. But if that person's making those decisions about what I want. After I died, this is um, a really good way to do that. Right. And some people think that, well, I put it in my will. The wills are never read the day you die. No. It's wills usually are often read weeks later. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, no. That would be a better um, a better way. So um, I'm always um, amazed at people who are surprised um, about the cost of funerals and cremation. Um, what do people need to know about this? I mean, we all are going to die. We are all, we are all on this path. We are yes, we are. Some uh, sooner than others. Right, but. right. So, what do we need to know about the cost? Well, the costs vary by what you're choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, services with cremation when there there isn't um, viewings and. You know, calling hours, embalming, all that. Mm-hmm. Those are less expensive because you're not paying for all of that. You don't. Right. It doesn't need to be done. Right. In New York State, you pay for what you do, right. or what you, what you're asking the funeral home to do. Right. 
So the cost for that is much less. When you start to build more, you're asking the funeral home and the funeral directors to do more, well, then you pay for more. Right. You know, when you have to buy a casket, obviously that's a great expense. Right. If you're going to be buried, you have to buy a, most cemeteries in the county require a burial vault. Right. So that's another expense. And then you have your cemetery to dig a grave and your obituaries and you know, flowers. There's a lot of extra fee charges involved right. in the whole process that may not be just funeral home right. related, right. but they're all part of the, the death and funeral process. Right. Um, easily, prices range from 3000 and you go to ten, twelve, thirteen thousand. 13000 you know. Just depends on... Just depends on what, you know, caskets range in price, right. vaults range in price. You may want just, you may not want to be buried, but no calling hours, you right. know, so you don't have to have embalming if you're not doing that, you know. So I always refer to um, it's all our pricing in funeral homes are on a general price list mm-hmm. as a menu at a restaurant. Right. You know, whatever you choose is what you pay for. You right. know, if you want an appetizer, of course, it's, you're going to have to pay for it. If right. you want to, you know, so right. that's how I refer it to. It's like a menu at a restaurant. You pay for what you're choosing. Right. So when they, you know, they say, "Oh my gosh, these are so expensive." This is what you've selected. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I always I and I encourage transparency throughout the process. Mm-hmm. I I never want any of the families that we're serving to say, "I never knew," you know, right. you know, to be handed a bill at the end for nine, ten thousand, and say, right. "Well, you didn't tell me it was going to be that expensive," you know. So. Um, and that every funeral home should be that way. Right. Be very transparent because right. what good have we done for a family if we haven't been transparent about exactly. that? Exactly. Right. And I think again, it's being a good consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there An is an informed the, consumer. The, yeah, knowing um, in funeral service that, that yes, price price for anything is is very important. You know, you have to be conscious about price, right. but you also have to respect the care you're getting, the right. service you're getting too, you know. Well, and that's, that's right. also an important You have to be comfortable to with that. Yeah. You know, some people are comfortable with a certain funeral home. Right. And they'll go there no matter if they're the most expensive funeral home right. in the area right. or they're, if they're le- the least expensive funeral home in the area, you know. And I think some people really do, at least here in the county, they go where they feel comfortable. Where their family has yeah. been for, for years. years. Funeral yeah. service is very generational. Yes, yes. Yeah. People f- go there, you know, even if they've moved out of town to another community right. because they've used ABC Funeral Home, their family has used it for years, right. they're going to just go back there because that's no. who they know, that's who they're comfortable with. Right. That's who they trust. Right, yeah. right. No. Um, so um, the obituary, mm-hmm. do um, does the family write it? Do Does the funeral home write it? It's It's a 50-50. You know, we gather all that information for an obituary, and we will write it. Mm-hmm. Um, what we write, basically, from what our conversation with you, what we gather. Right. Some families want to write it themselves and add a little bit more. You know, right. s- tell the story. An obituary is a story of your life. Absolutely. Some people want a short story. <laughs> some people want a long story. Right. Um, but obituaries now... Charge the newspapers charge to publish all the news media charges to publish, right. so the longer you make them, the more, more expensive. expensive they get. Yep. So, 
Some people are fine spending five or six hundred dollars on an obituary right. because they want to share that story of their loved one. Right. But others say that's crazy. Keep it, keep it brief. Right. You know, or do I need one? You don't need one. Okay, I was just gonna ask. That. I always advise that you put something in the news media, yeah. and the reason for that is it saves the heartbreak later. Mm-hmm. Someone that didn't know their loved one was sick, right, and then. The person dies, and there's no what you've not announced it anywhere. Right, no evidence. And you're out in the community in the grocery store and say, "Hey, how's Joe doing?" Uh, Joe died, you know, two weeks ago or a month ago. It you're opening that wound again for Absolutely. for the, and they didn't know. They feel like a fool right. for not knowing or not, you know. And then you're of course start the emotional Absolutely. roller coaster again you know and then never goes back to a grocery store R- it's right like, right right i can't i can't leave the house because yeah. but so i always advise just just a brief thing that says joe died right you know right and so people the community at least knows right which yeah. is helpful and and those generally are free the newspapers don't charge for what they call a death notice I was you just know just ask, a real yeah. basic joe died right <laughs> you know right. joe from potsdam died Right. It, yeah. But if you want more details, then right. it's an obituary. Right, right. Then it's an obituary. Okay. Right. Um, my um, last question before I get you to start talking about <laughs> other things um, <laughs> is, um, so can you talk a little bit about spring burials? Sure. Uh, spring burials, um, unfortunately, here in the North Country, we, we, we in the frozen tundra, yeah. starting roughly December um, through April, is when the the this, the loved ones have to be held in a holding vault, and then in the spring when the ground starts to thaw or is thawed, we are able to start burying. Um, most cemeteries in New York State, um, any non-religious cemetery, can't technically close. Um, they have to bury if if pushed. If they if the cemetery can get in there, if we don't have a lot of snow and they can find the grave. You have to get it. We have to bury. We can push. I mean, the cemetery can say they're closed, but really they have to provide the burial. That's a New York state law for non-religious or ran cemeteries. Um, Religious ran cemeteries can say, no, we closed December 1st. It doesn't matter if it's 85 degrees. Mm -hmm. December 1st through May 1st, we're closed. You know, the caretakers are maybe retired guys. You know, they just go away. Right. So. And so in the spring burial process is we coordinate again, if wished, with all the family members in the cemetery, the ministers, to arrange the burial. And it's generally in May, um, depending on most of the time we try to have every all the spring burials done by Memorial Day. Um, but it sometimes just doesn't happen that way. But. Right. And how do families respond to that? Most up here know, yeah. understand that that's yeah. the process, you know. Does it, is it difficult for them when they do the burials? It, it opens the wound again. Mm-hmm. Um, and some don't want to do it. They and, and then if we don't push it, if you don't want to go, we'll just do the burial and let right. you know when it's done. Right. You know, and it's coordinating. They try to coordinate everybody again, and that's challenging. Absolutely. You know, because you've got people, we're... we're multi-location um, <laughs> families. Yes, now all over we're, the country. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, in the process of wrapping it up, what, what tips you as a funeral director would like us to know, um, the consumers out there for funerals? 
I think that what the biggest would be um, to put your wish, make your wishes known. You know, whether you write it down on a piece of paper and put it in a spot where somebody's going to know, um, or go to the funeral home. Just go and you don't have to. Just go visit and mm-hmm. let them write it down for you, and pick out what you want in in your wishes because it's much easier for families when there's somewhat of a plan in place. Many families that have done this prior, when you come in at the time of death and they just say, oh, this was so easy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because your loved one did the hard work when they were able to. When they're able to think clearly, when when you have a death that's very sudden. And emotional. And emotional. You're unable to think clearly. You make very rash decisions that long-term may affect what you, your thought, you know, what you would have done maybe differently. Right. Um, I mean, in some, you're just not going to have that plan. Right. But others, um, I think it's wise. And, and biographical information. Many people do not know their grandparents' names. Their grandparents might have died young. Right. Like their parents, parents, what I'm referring to. And maiden names, and when mom and dad were married, or you know what mom's maiden name was, or things like that. You know, that's all stuff that we need for a death certificate. Right. Um, and it's many times you sit there. Well, we don't know that. I don't know what my grandmother's name was. I didn't. I never met her. Right. So, wow. Yeah. So and we're at a society where we don't care about the past. Right. The genealogical. I mean, some do, but right. many don't. You know? Right. Um, so one of the things that we do um, in my class over at Potsdam State is we come to your funeral home, and they um, are very excited about that mm-hmm. because, A, nobody's they haven't been to a funeral home other than perhaps going to a funeral, but they're able to ask a lot of questions, and then their um, assignment from that is to um, plan their funeral and what they want. Um, do they want to be buried? Do they want to um, be cremated? Um, the whole nine yards. Um and I, they really appreciate that. I think it's great to to do any of that. Yeah. V- visit a funeral home, even if you don't. Just just go. Yeah. Talk, talk to somebody. You know, just yeah. say, can I take a tour of the place? Right. You know. Well, and I, um, I like that we go into the room where there's the caskets, and then the next room is where the urns are. Um, you get lots of ideas for that. And mm-hmm. then um, you do take those who are interested in the embalming room mm-hmm. so they can see the whole process. Right. Um, not all my students <laughs> go in there, but right, the ones right. that do are just right, like right. completely blown away. Like right. they're, it's like, wow, this is, I now understand why I need to do this right. and I understand what the process is. Right, right, yeah, right. makes a huge difference. Yeah. What other tip do you have for us? I think that would be it. You know, okay. really. It's really planning. It's planning. Okay. You know, don't, uh, and, and the big thing is, is we're all headed down this path. We are, whether you we know, like it or not. I, I've sat with many families, 75, 80 years old or older, and they, they sit there and say, we never thought this day would come. So when, What world what? are we living in? <laughs> really? That's where I want to live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, but, yeah. that's good. Well, Chad, we really appreciate you coming in here today. Um, thanks to the Potsdam Public Library for the use of the podcasting studio. Uh, check out our Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley website for additional resources, and that's www.hospiceslv.org. This is Mary Joan Jones, and today's guest speaker, Chad Green. From the Traveler's Guide to Life, we will see you on the road.